Hey folks, this is Charlotte Clymer, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Charlotte's Web Thoughts. This is the audio slash podcast version of the actual Charlotte's Web Thoughts, my blog on substack.com. It is completely free. All you need is an email. It's very easy to sign up. It takes less than 10 seconds. Just go to charlotteclimer.substack.com. It's fast, easy, and it helps me out a lot. A lot, a lot. So please, please, please sign up with just your email. Go to charlotteclimer.substack.com. October 1st, 2021. Women, pregnant people, and fragility. If you were on Twitter a few weeks ago, there's a good chance you saw the absolute shitstorm that erupted over the American Civil Liberties Union, that's the ACLU, tweeting out a tribute to the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the first anniversary of her death. It included a graphic with a heavily edited quote, one of her most famous, from her Supreme Court confirmation hearing in 1993. Rather than downplay her support for abortion rights at the time, then Judge Ginsburg, a nominee, made an impassioned case for the right of women to make healthcare decisions over their own bodies. It's a very famous quote. The ACLU took the quote and edited it to replace all uses of the word women and any feminine gendered references with gender neutral words to reflect the fact that trans men and non-binary people also need abortion care access. I want to be clear that the ACLU, despite its good intentions, was completely wrong to edit the quote for a few reasons. One, at that time, then-Judge Ginsburg was most likely under the impression that only cis women needed abortions, or maybe, and less likely, that the frequency of trans men and non-binary people needing abortions was so rare that it might be like introducing calculus concepts to someone struggling to grasp long division. In other words, it may have been a distraction. We can debate that, whatever, I don't think it was a distraction, but it's 1993 and I get it. Or perhaps she was completely unaware of trans non-binary experiences in abortion care. The point being, her intent here was to focus on cis women, and I think that's pretty clear. This wasn't a careless goof in which she forgot to use inclusive language. This is how virtually everyone talked about abortion care in 1993, and they would do so for quite some time. Thus, editing the quote is misrepresenting her intent. Two, even if then-Judge Ginsburg had been well aware of trans men and non-binary people needing abortions at that time, she's not alive to tell us that. To the best of my knowledge, there's no further clarification the late justice has offered on this particular quote, and because she's now passed on, the only person with the ability to properly contextualize it is no longer with us. I have no idea how the late Justice Ginsburg would feel about this fiasco, and it's not for me to speculate because I didn't know her personally and I'm not an expert on her writings. But what I do know is that editing the quote was clumsy and insulting even if it was in service to a higher ideal. Okay, so we got that out of the way. If you're listening to this, it is completely clear that I totally agree that using the quote was wrong and that it should not have been edited. We're, we're completely agreed on that. Now, in the, context, in the context of specifically advocating for abortion rights, it should not have been used. In good faith, reasonable adults could have recognized the quote as inaccurate and also acknowledged 
that reproductive advocacy should center the experiences of all who need that specific health care, not just women. Instead, this little incident has become a flashpoint for the ongoing efforts to delegitimize trans non-binary people with these same exhausting claims that have dominated media coverage in recent years, specifically the claim that trans-affirming efforts are somehow erasing women, quote, quote unquote, erasing women. What they mean by that is that being trans-inclusive is somehow erasing cis women. Now, predictably, many conservatives who could barely contain their glee when Justice Ginsburg died immediately flocked to social media to claim in very poor faith that the ACLU was erasing women by editing the quote. There is not a person with a lick of sense, regardless of political beliefs, who didn't understand implicitly this was about attacking trans people, not calling out the erasure of cis women. This has been going on all year as part of a larger national debate on the rights of trans non-binary people, as more than 30 states have introduced more than 100 pieces of legislation seeking to restrict healthcare access and participation in sports by trans non-binary children. In May, Representative Cori Bush of Missouri, the first district, a cis black woman, used the term birthing people during a congressional testimony about the fatal and otherwise harmful consequences experienced by black people in this country who need access to quality reproductive health care. Conservative media exploded, of course, claiming that Congresswoman Bush was erasing women and attempting to subvert biological reality. Now, never mind that every major medical organization has made it plainly clear that trans people should be affirmed, especially in medical contexts, and that the science around sex and gender are incredibly complicated. They're not the simple binary. No less than the American Medical Association issued a stern statement in April of this year with a no-bullshit headline. This is what they wrote for their headline. American Medical Association to states, stop interfering in health care of transgender children. That's something that the American Medical Association wrote. But honestly, this could be so many other organizations too. This could be the American Psychological Association, the American Psychiatric Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, all of these medical organizations have made it abundantly clear that we need to, or that the world needs to affirm trans non-binary people in medical contexts. Now, I can already hear some folks who are listening to this. Okay, 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 fine, Charlotte. Yes, words can hurt, but why all this controversy over some hurt feelings? And here's my answer to that, because it's not about hurt feelings. And I think for some reason, cis people, a lot of cis people, not all, but a lot of them really do think it's about hurt feelings, and it's not. I mean, sure, you, you should care about respecting others for the sake of respect, but I'm far more concerned with the way this exacerbates the, the systemic discrimination experienced by LGBTQ people in healthcare spaces especially trans non-binary people. One survey by the Center for American Progress found that nearly 30% of trans non-binary respondents had been turned away by a physician or another medical provider because of their gender identity. Let me repeat that. 30% of trans non-binary respondents answered this survey, uh, answered this survey and said that a doctor or a nurse or, or someone with medical authority had turned them away from appropriate care because of their gender identity. 
turned them away from medical care. The same survey found that 22% of transgender and non-binary respondents had delayed or avoided seeking medical care for fear of discrimination as part of a larger trend of a sizable portion of the LGBTQ people who are avoiding medical care because of past experiences of discrimination. I have a quote from that, from that report from the Center for American Progress. They say, quote, discrimination in healthcare settings endangers LGBTQ people's lives through delays or denials of medically necessary care. For example, after one patient with HIV disclosed to a hospital that he had sex with other men, the hospital staff refused to provide his HIV medication. In another case, a transgender teenager who was admitted to a hospital for suicidal ideation and self-inflicted, excuse me, self-inflicted injuries was repeatedly misgendered and then discharged early by hospital staff. He later committed suicide. Discrimination affects LGBTQ parents as well. In Michigan, an infant was turned away from a pediatrician's office because she had same-sex parent, uh, same-sex parents. Unquote. We're not talking hypotheticals here, is what I'm saying. Perhaps the most horrific case that I've personally ever heard was the death of Tyra Hunter, a trans woman based in D.C. who died from treatable injuries that occurred during a car crash because responding EMTs and later doctors at the hospital refused to properly treat her because she's transgender or because she was transgender. Anti-LGBTQ discrimination in healthcare happens all the time. And the reason you don't hear about it is because of the sheer lack of appropriate focus on anti-LGBTQ discrimination in news coverage. For example, New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg wrote about this incident on Monday and made several points with which I completely agreed. But missing from her piece was any mention of trans, uh, excuse me, of anti-trans discrimination in medical care. Not a single mention at all. Let me, uh, let me repeat that because I, I, I almost don't believe it as I'm saying it. Michelle Goldberg wrote a column about, about the RBG quote nonsense stemming from the fact that trans people do face discrimination in healthcare spaces. And she decided, I guess, or maybe she didn't know that perhaps she should cite statistics on anti-discrimination, excuse me, anti-trans discrimination in medical care, but there was no mention, nothing. Instead, Goldberg seemed to focus on gender neutral language in pregnancy conversations as a youthful attraction to quote, liberation and their own identities. And yes, as part of the larger conversation on, on gender and trans identities, that is true, but it still missed the bigger point. Trans affirming language is about life and death. It's about who gets turned away from medical providers. It's about who feels worthy and safe enough to take their broken limbs to the emergency room. It's about the way decisions are made over our bodies without our consent and the institutional framing of how we're being defined, ultimately being out of our control. I would think that that concept would be well known to people who care about abortion rights, to cis people who care about abortion rights. If this is about a personal autonomy and the danger that stems from a lack of that autonomy, then surely cis people should understand that trans people simply want to be affirmed so that we receive appropriate medical care. But for some reason, this is still lost on a lot of cisgender people, and it's killing trans and non-binary people.